right, folks. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm I'm so thankful to be here. I'm glad you guys are out there listening to the show. All right. It is another beautiful day for the uh, end of summer. Just about it's the end of summer, you know. And but it's still beautiful. It is still great. I want to say to the folks out there. Uh, listening at the sound of my voice, if it's nice in your neck of the woods, if it's nice where you are, get out there and enjoy it. Even if it's just a, a 30 minute to an hour long walk, exercise is good. Get that blood going, get that blood in your veins going. You, <laughs> uh, it's just beautiful. And, and I'm just so flabbergasted that uh, the summers so far in the past few years have been just great summers, folks. It just, Ben, and I hope you're uh, not depressed, um, feeling of anxiety or feeling of loneliness and all this kind of stuff. You, we don't need that, do we? Not here. No, we don't, you know. Um, all right. Well, what do we have here? Uh, Donald Trump calls for the heads of CNN and NBC News to be fired. This guy never quits. He never, ever quits. And I hate to start to show off with this, but he's at some rally somewhere. I'm hearing he's supposed to be in my neck of the woods. Uh, I, I believe it's Everson, Illinois. I'm not sure. I got to check on that. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing that it, uh, it's, it's, it's awful. It's just <laughs> this guy is out of his fucking mind. What can I say, folks? This guy is out of his skull. Um Okay, he he's a bully. Donald Trump is a bully, and this guy just picks on companies, American companies. He picks on the American people. He can't stand America. That's why he fucks over America. He doesn't like it. He can't stand it. It's um, it's a shame because all he's doing is talking out of his ass. He can't do anything. He wants them to fire. Uh, 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 Trump calls for the heads of the CNN and NBC to be fired because they're reporting negative uh, uh, content on him, which is warranted. I mean, he's a traitor. That's 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 a given. He's a traitor. He's a liar. He's a criminal, and he's calling on these news outlets to be uh, the heads of the person that should be fired is Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Let's see. We have you on the George Wilder Jr. show. Go right ahead. One, two, three, four, five. All right. He's calling um, on heads of CNN, as I've mentioned twice, and NBC to be fired. I mean, who? He he's a wannabe true dictator. I and I'm pretty sure he said these things probably at a rally. Donald Trump, I don't. He says things to get attention. He knows this is not going to happen. He says things to get attention. He says things to get you to uh, pay attention to his rallies. You know, if he says something strong and ridiculous and dumb just to get you to pay attention to his rallies because a lot of people aren't paying attention to his rallies. They're not paying attention to his tweets. Uh, they're not covering him. So he says something 
He talks out of his ass to get you to say, damn, that idiot said that. One of, one of the things about Donald Trump, he doesn't care if you like him or not. He doesn't care whether you agree with him or not. He only cares that you pay attention to what he says. Cares to what he uh, pay attention to what he says. Uh, he wants you to stand up and listen to what he says, even if you don't like it, even if you criticize it. And if you criticize it, he's going to try to some way uh, retaliate against you for criticizing him, even though uh, there's a First Amendment out there. But, however, Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about the Constitution unless, it, unless the Constitution benefits, benefits him in some way. So this is uh, – I'm learning of this as I'm coming on the air that Donald Trump calls for the heads of the CNN and NBC News to be fired. Of course, they're going to pay attention to this because, you know, uh, this is the president of the United States. And a lot of people are saying, stop calling Donald Trump president. Just say Trump. Trump. Yeah, because he's a fake president. He is a liar in chief. This man is just the world hates him, but he doesn't give a damn because he is getting that attention. Whether you like him or not, whether you give him negative attention or positive attention, Donald Trump is getting attention. And that, that is what keeping, keeps him going, is that you pay attention to him. That you, when he tweets, you put it up on television or you talk about it or you print it in the newspaper or you carry it on websites. This is what he craves. Donald Trump craves attention, and he doesn't want anybody else getting that attention but him. So he says things to get attention, to get you to pay attention to him. John McCain is being mourned uh, all over the world and in America, but Donald Trump is somewhere at a rally. He, Donald Trump is actually trying to steal the spotlight from John McCain, and John McCain is dead. He's trying. He John, uh, Trump feels as if John McCain is getting too much publicity, and too much uh, time on television, too much exposure, too much coverage, too much publicity. He feels that he should be getting that publicity, not John McCain, even though John McCain is dead is dead. So Donald Trump goes out to his rallies and says something like uh, CNN and NBC News, uh, the heads of these organizations should be fired just to get you to stop paying attention to the coverage that John McCain is getting. That's all this is, to get you to stop paying attention from the coverage that John McCain is getting. This is just awful, folks. This is really, really, really awful. And uh, I try not to talk about Donald Trump, but he says something and does something every day uh, that uh, is just uh, ridiculous. <laughs> he is ridiculous. He talks out of his ass. I mean, pardon my uh, language, but it's true. Donald, And this is another in instance, instance where Donald Trump is talking out of his ass. He's trying to take the spotlight away from John McCain because he feels that John McCain is getting too much coverage, the coverage that he ought to be getting. The, John McCain, even though he's dead and they're still mourning him, I mean, he's riding around in a hearse 
and they're celebrating his life. Trump doesn't like that. It's it's too much for him to stand because it's not coverage of him. And it is just awful. This man is just awful. This man needs to be out of office. This man needs to be he needs to be gone somewhere. Okay, here is Don Lemon. It is election night in America. On the most important primary night so far this year, the biggest races are in California, where the polls will close just about an hour, one hour from now, and CNN will be watching it for the next four hours for you. The results there in California will have a huge impact on whether the Democrats could retake the House in the 2018 midterms. And you're going to want to stay uh, with us for all of those results, so make sure you stay right here. But first, I want to turn to the White House, the war on the NFL. President Trump threw himself a party today, threw himself a party, after nobody else would come. In a classic example of taking his ball and going home, the president escalated his fight with the NFL by scrapping a planned White House visit by the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, after he learned an embarrassingly small number of players and coaches would actually attend. Replacing it with what he called a celebration of our country on the South Lawn today. But disinviting the Eagles didn't mean there would be no protest. Thank you very much, everybody. The president ignoring shouted questions from reporters. Are you saying that the football players are not patriotic, sir? Is that what you're saying? Will you meet with the athletes and talk to them? So the White House calls all of this a political stunt, and they are absolutely right. This is a political stunt, but not by the Philadelphia Eagles, by the President of the United States, the man who said this. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Like I said, this was absolutely a political stunt. A political stunt by the president. A source close to the White House tells CNN that President Trump plans to continue to pound the NFL anthem issue through the midterms, continuing to trash players, mostly black players, for their protests over police abuse against people of color. So why is the president doubling down? Because he believes that it helps him with his base. A CNN poll after President Trump made that crude remark about the players calling them SOBs found 49% saying that pro athletes should be required to stand for the anthem. 47% said they should not be required to stand. That is well within the margin of error. So Americans are pretty much evenly divided on this issue. And the president rather than trying to find common ground, is more than willing to exploit that division because he believes it helps him politically. He's more than willing to ignore the facts, to ignore the truth if he thinks that helps him. But facts matter. So here are the facts. Not one single Eagles player took a knee during the regular season. Not one. Not one. Not one single Eagles player stayed in the locker room during the anthem. Not one. So who is being disrespectful here? Who is stomping all over the values we hold dear as Americans? The values, the freedom that American heroes 
have fought and died for. You know who is doing that? It's the person who's lying to you about the Eagles players. The person who's lied to you well over 3,000 times in the past 501 days. The person who is demanding forced patriotism, just as autocrats have done for centuries. That is none other than Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States. Now I want to bring in senior political analyst April Ryan, senior political commentator Scott Jennings, and Republican strategist Rick Wilson. Good evening to all of you. Welcome to the program. Rick, I'm going to begin with you. Sarah Sanders says that the Eagles, they're orchestrating a political stunt. But if you look at this in the big picture here, the president lying about the Eagles taking a knee during the anthem, then Sarah Sanders attacking the team today. Who is orchestrating a political stunt? Listen, you know, to, if I may quote Elf, Donald Trump sits on a throne of lies. These are people built a political show today in order to throw red meat out there in a, in a little clash in the culture war so that Donald Trump could distract people from all the other things that are rising around him with Michael Cohen and with Paul Manafort and everything else. And, and you know, Sarah Sanders has become someone who stands at that podium every day and says one of two things. I refer you to outside counsel or whatever other things that are coming out of her mouth while it's moving are lies. And this was an outright lie. The Eagles players had not knelt on the field. They had not engaged in protests. And, you know, it should hopefully teach the NFL owners and, uh, a, a valuable lesson. They bent the knee for Trump, and he still cut their heads off. He still humiliated them. He still went after them. He still made them characters in this political stunt that he and Sarah Sanders executed today. Mm -hmm. April, so you asked Sarah Sanders if the president understands the reason some NFL players, and you also pointed out that none of the Eagles players decided to kneel. Uh, watch this. Is the president aware that this is a police-involved shooting and not about disrespecting the flag? Is the president aware Steven, of that? Steven, if you go. I'm standing on to Steven, but I'm asking, is the, this is, there's an underlying issue and it just keeps going about disrespect of the flag and soldiers. There are black and brown soldiers that fight in the military as well who feel that taking a knee, bringing attention to police-involved shootings is something that this White House should deal with. Is the president aware that taking the knee is about police-involved shootings? The president has made his position uh, crystal clear and that it's about I, I let you rudely interrupt me and your colleague I'm going to ask that you allow me to finish my answer I, I would be happy to answer it if you would stop talking long enough to let me do that the president has made his position crystal clear on this topic. He feels strongly that standing for our national anthem uh, is something that we should do, something that matters to what makes our country special and unique and what sets us apart. Uh, he's not going to waver on that. And he's not going to apologize for it. And frankly, more than 70 percent of Americans agree with him on that matter. If you go back to what the original intent was, this has been made a political argument of which the president is not going to back down from, and he's been clear on it. Stephen, last question. April, I've addressed your question. I'm not going to continue to engage with you, Stephen. Will the president deal with the issue of police-involved shooting? I'm going to deal with the issue of addressing your colleague's question. It's a real question. Can you take it to the president and come back to us? Stephen, go ahead. Well done, April. I wish there were more people in that room who would do that every single day. And you notice a guy after you said, I I'm, I'm always happy. Uh, to give my time uh, to a colleague, which I thought was, which was, was great. So, April, do you feel that this White House yeah. is purposely misconstruing the meaning of these protests? They're doing it on purpose. Yes. Um, yes, I do. 
Um, I've watched over this period of time that this president, these 501 days that this president has been in office. You have to remember, you know, he has said that it's disrespectful and he's called out the NFL. The NFL is now doing the bidding of the president, basically saying that uh, all the players must stand. But after that, after that piece, what's next? They talk about there are they are uh, uh, the administration and the president for all America. Well, you have a segment of America that has created a fervor within not just the black community, but the brown community and other communities in the white community about what we're seeing, police-involved shootings, and they are not addressing it. I, have, I asked the president in October about this when he did his uh, press conference uh, in the Rose Garden standing next to Mitch McConnell. He did not answer. He said it was about disrespect of the flag. But after you get through the disrespect and kneeling versus standing, you still have this issue. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's still a very big issue, and we're seeing it happen over and over again. And, Don, not just uh, a few weeks ago when we had uh, uh, the situation with a young man who was shot 20 times or more by police in his grandmother's backyard, and then we had uh, the verdict come down about Alton Sterling. I mean, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it was a local issue. Mm -hmm. So, and then we still have the issue of, 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 of Eric Garner, who cried out 11 times, I can't breathe in New York. His mother's still looking for justice, and that's still in limbo. Well, there are issues on the table, and this White House is primed to be the one to answer it, and they have not answered it. That is a, a big question. Why are they not worried or concerned about police brutality? They, they should be. I, I couldn't believe that she calls you rude because obviously, I mean, she hadn't seen Helen Thomas I'm not or, rude. or Jake Tapper or, or Sam Donaldson. I mean, that's exactly. the way the briefings used to be all the time. That was Let a contentious me, yes. adversarial relationship, yes. and now everyone wants to be friends with him. Why don't? Why? Hang on, Scott. I'm going to get you in here, right. and I'm veering off a little bit. What happened to the press corps? Why don't they do that anymore? Why don't they do what you did today? Don, I'm going to say this to you, and my, my fellow colleagues may get mad at me. I don't care. Um, but here's the bottom line. I came into the White House when Helen Thomas free. was the dean of the White House Press Corps, working for UB, UPI. Um, Ann Compton was there. Sam Donaldson, Bill Plant, um, so many others were there who would press. They would bang on that door. So why don't they do the door it? Was locked. They would challenge them. You know what? And I'm, I'm going to say this, and I don't care if people are angry. I've been there 21 years to there, too. Okay, say Two it. See Here's the bottom line. Many of the, many of the people, many of the people in that room want to be friends with these administration folks. Be it any administration, there is a friendly adversarial relationship, and they're mm -hmm. scared that they will not get information okay. or they'll be talked about. So what? We're going to talk about that a little it's bit about later the in the American show. Public and giving I'm information glad you said to the that. Public. We'll drill into yeah. that a little bit more. I got to get Scott in. It's Scott, the truth. The White House says today's event was canceled because. Uh, it expected low attendance. But the president tweeted this out today. He said, staying in the locker room for the playing of our national anthem is, a, is as disrespectful to our country as kneeling. What does kneeling have to do with attendance? Well, I think the reason they canceled the event, according to what I read from our own Caitlin Collins, was that the White House thought just a couple of days ago that some 80 Eagles were coming, uh, coaches, players, trainers, and others, and then at the last minute they were told fewer than 10 people were coming, and it was mostly coaches and trainers and very few, if any, players. And so I'm not sure the president had much of a choice but to cancel the event. How do you have a Super Bowl event with the players if there are no players? If this president knows how to do anything, it's produced a TV show. The cast of this particular show was the Eagles, and the cast wasn't going to show up. So I don't, know, I don't know if they had much of a choice once they found out of the low attendance. 
The president's views on this are well known. I happen to believe that the tension between the police in this country and the African-American community is one of the most worrisome civil society problems we have. We cannot have huge swaths of our population that feel like they are being targeted by the people who are commissioned to keep us safe. It is not an acceptable condition. But the president, as Sarah said, has made his feelings on this national anthem issue known, and I'm sure he felt disrespected by the fact that he thought the Eagles were trying to pull one over on him by pulling out of their participation at the last minute. I think, frankly, Don, there is a way to look at this where everybody got what they wanted. The president politically got to inject the national anthem issue back into the bloodstream of our national conversation. And let's be honest, the Eagles players who want to draw attention to the racial injustice issues, which are real, Look what we're talking about tonight. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to look at this where everybody got what they wanted here. Maybe in some way everybody's a winner from their own point of view. Hey, Rick, I just quickly here, um, does it matter? What if just one player showed up? I mean, why would it matter? And you had a lot of people there already today. Why does it matter how many, how many players show up? Look, Donald Trump is about the spectacle. He is about the picture. He is about the, 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 the frenzy of the visible. And so he would want that wall of players surrounding him because by some associative property, he feels like suddenly he's a Super Bowl player and the picture is good and the, and the image is good. He didn't want to be standing there on stage with, with you know, a half a dozen people who were incidental, you know, maybe trainers and coaches and, and, and not the stars of the team. But, you know, you have to ask yourself, why did they choose not to do this? And I think a lot of it came down to team solidarity. I think Scott's got a good point. I mean, I think these guys want to make that, want to, the players want to make that clear that this is an issue that is not something that, you know, the, the president has tried to make it about merely about the, the flag and the pledge and, and the anthem. But, you know, for them it is also about a peaceful civil protest and, a, and, a, and an expression of an issue that is incredibly tenacious and horrifying in this country. And it's something that the White House, you know, president both sides has not been hesitant to blow the, the, the dog whistle in this country a few times over the years. And it doesn't escape my attention that you know, he's, he's used every word but uppity to describe them. And he has been, in, has been an incredibly, um, you know, charged atmosphere around this president on matters of race from the beginning. And this would be something where he could be mindful about it. He could, be, he could acknowledge the issue that's underpinning it, but he won't. Okay. because he okay. wants the, the social warfare right. issue. I want to keep you guys around. Stick around, everyone. When we come back, President Trump demanding forced patriotism from the NFL. But is my way or the highway the American way? Trump talks out of his ass. Thanks, folks. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You Oh, my God. 
All right, folks. Um, I got a little sidetracked here. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, says that um, there should be a conservative Facebook uh, website or or, <laughs> or or news feed created. Yeah, I, I just saw this on on uh, on uh, Facebook itself. Okay, I'm, I, it's not fake. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's not fake news, but it sounds like something that would come from Donald Trump Jr. because he's always out there defending his no good, low down father. So he's saying that there should be a conservative Facebook. Obviously, he's trying. He's basically saying that Facebook is liberal, uh, and it is. Facebook is very, very liberal. I think, at least from what I've been seeing, and I've been on Facebook for a while, and um, it, it's it's sad to see if you've been on. Let me let me uh, diverse a little bit. It uh, it's sad to see your friends uh, sometimes die off on Facebook. I mean, you uh, or or somehow just leave Facebook altogether. And then some people leave Facebook because, you know, financial problems or, you know, problems here or there. And and it's sad to see people go, especially good people, because, you know, there are so many good people on Facebook and there's a lot of rotten ones on Facebook. But, you know, but the Donald Trump Jr., yeah, he's saying that uh, there should be a conservative Facebook for his dad to help his father, to help his father do what? Hate more? Uh, incite more violence. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Let's go here, folks. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Hello, this is Maisha Collins. Hello. How are you? Hello, <laughs> Blue Girl. Are you Blue Girl? Yes, Blue Girl. Blue Girl is calling <laughs> in. Live hey, and direct. Calling I've in been listening to you. Yeah, I've been listening to you. And you are an <laughs> activist. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. So, you know, I'm an activist, too, and you can probably tell by some of the things I've been saying yes. on the show. That, that <laughs> Literally. Uh, <laughs> I try to make it as plain as I can. As hey, I it's can. plain. Say it plain, man. Yeah, I, I say it plain, and I, I try not, when I talk on on the show, and I've been doing it for years, I just come straight out with it. A lot of people don't talk yeah. straightforward. Oh, my God. And, be, and, and a lot of people are afraid to talk straightforward right. and say what's exactly on their minds. I'm not. I, I'll say, hey, he's an asshole in a minute. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I mean, it is what that. it is. It's not like it's going to change it. It doesn't change it if you don't say it. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people have said, well, George, I'm glad you said it but I, because I couldn't say it. I said, why, yeah. why couldn't and, you and say you know, it? <laughs> that that uh, false, uh, that fear, that false evidence appearing real, that's what it was. Yeah, like but you know nobody, what? A lot you know, of people, it's supposed to be freedom. You got to be able to live in your own, you know, your own but, true self. So, but you, uh, you know, a lot of people are are will not say anything because they're afraid of losing their jobs if they say the wrong thing. Somebody yeah. might hear it and they can lose mm-hmm. their job. And, and if you go on Facebook, if if you post something against somebody, you, even even if it's Donald Trump or somebody, and even if it's mm-hmm. true, they people will, will will find any way to try to uh, uh, fire you. You know. Anything yeah, to fire you, so a lot of people are quiet because and, of that. And I definitely understand because it's not like it's um, it's not real. That stuff does happen, so I understand. Okay, uh, give my audience a, a little bit of bio on yourself and 
and you know, and tell us uh, why you chose to be an activist. Okay. Um, my name is Maisha Collins. I am the Blue Girl Turn Gold. I have a nonprofit organization that I started in 2017, um, basically taking women in the youth, uh, men as well, from not knowing how great they are to knowing how great they are. Um, I chose to become an activist just because I'm one of those people that believe that I am what I needed. So um, I really just tried to create a path so that other people behind me won't have to necessarily go through all the trials and tribulations that I did without the resources and tools that they need. So that's where Blue Girl uh, Turn Gold comes from. Uh, can you speak a little louder or, or are you on a megaphone yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, I thought um, look, there I you thought go. I was, um, that's better. Okay, look, yeah, I'm trying, I didn't want to. I didn't want to yell in the phone because it's like when I yell, I apologize. Um, so yeah, you can yell um, all Blue you Girls want. Turn Gold. Okay, good. Blue Girls Turn Gold is a nonprofit organization that I started in 2017, um, basically because okay. I am a Blue Girl Turn Gold. And um, blue is just basically not knowing how great you are to knowing how great you are. And of course, I'm pretty sure you know that um, we have been hidden from ourselves. So just to be able to tap back into that power is what, you know, my goal is. Okay. All right, great. Why do you call yourself Blue Girl? Is there a reason? Is there a... Uh, uh, yeah. Is it, so does it blue mean the girl, vote blue or something? <laughs> no, so blue literally, when most people think of blue, um, I mean, if you look Actually, at a color, color chart, color. it'll be... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Please don't tell me that. Look, okay, so blue is your favorite been, color. Yeah. So blue normally is um it's normally related to sadness or calmness or whatever, but for me, I did blue to gold just saying blue is not knowing how great you are. Now you really have always been born gold, but living in this oh, okay, um, so. human created environment will make you feel blue. So you gotta get to that gold part which is knowing how oh, great so you, you are. You're using blue as a sort of like an emotional tool. Exactly. Like a growth mm-hmm. tool. Like you're always going to okay. be blue. Like that's what I always tell my yeah. girls. Like you're always blue because you're always learning. There's nobody that's not learning. So going from not knowing how great you are to knowing how great you are is all still a yeah. process of learning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we're we always learning no matter how old we get. We're going to always learn something because no. I'm learning something yes. always every day, every oh day. Oh, my God. Always. Sure is, and 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 I like it. I very very like it, and and I really like. It. I'll be learning something when I'm ninety. So so yeah, <laughs> if I make you it, you have that long. to. I mean, you have to. I mean, it's not like it makes us happy. It was funny because I was um, listening to Jasmine Guy. I was she was at an event this weekend, and she was basically saying how casting calls have changed. Where you have to sit in a video now versus, yeah. you know, them coming to you and seeing you and seeing you in a neighborhood and seeing you on yeah. stage. And, and that's a that's, that's a big true. thing to transition to. It's a big thing yeah, to transition in the um, industry. Yeah, that, so that, that's funny very how true. it affects everybody. This um, yeah. evolving yeah, has a video. You got in some kind of even way. I'm sending videos. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like okay, I guess because at first yeah. I wasn't thinking. I'm like, oh, this is gonna go to the wayside. I mean, even as far yeah, as I, mean, I remember back in the day, you couldn't just you couldn't text the boss. Like you better call in. No. Like it's just totally yeah. different. <laughs> I mean, uh, you can't send in a resume anymore. They want you to. They want to see you on nope. the video of applying for that job. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's, it's to rough. me, honest, it's crazy. But I mean, it's funny because I'm like, I know we got the same hours. It just seems like 
hours are cut in half for some strange reason. Yeah. And it's like yeah. we're always hustling, bustling, and hustling, bustling, and, yeah. you know, um, people don't have time to sit there and try to get to know your personality. It's like, let me see if you got yeah. what I want. If you can't show me that in a certain <laughs> amount of time, then you miss that opportunity. So, you know, it's just it's different. So what is your so what is your I mean you're an activist. So what is your number one issue that uh you're trying to uh get heard or want people to know about or trying to resolve or whatever? What is your well, number what, one issue? So basically um empowerment. Um Okay. Growing up being a teen mom and being mm-hmm. um sexually assaulted you lose um you come, as a woman you lose yourself and as a man as well when you're violated you lose yourself and sometimes even when i was growing up there's not a lot of tools and resources to make sure you get back to a healthy state it's kind of like mm-hmm. they just let it go to the wayside and you just deal with it and i've noticed that these are generational ills and not just with mm-hmm. my family and my community yeah. but other people yeah. that i know yeah. So just tapping and back into is, that to getting the youth to, you know, understand yeah. how great we are because we've been lied to. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just generational. It's been happening for mm-hmm. decades, if not centuries. So it's nothing new. And uh, right. I, I can tell you one of my uh, one of my most important issues, and I'm still dealing with it, is is domestic violence. I think that's just mm-hmm. one of the issues that that will not go away. And uh, no. it's one of, you know, so, so are you? Yeah, that's uh, definitely, and that's yeah. Okay. I'm about to say yeah. That affects how, that affects generations. So yeah, that yeah. definitely mm-hmm. is a big one. But they all go in together. Any type of abuse in the home, and the thing is, yeah, okay. um, that stuff comes back from slavery. You know, it's inbred yeah. in us, so we just got to break the cycle. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, there, there's. There's so much that you can analyze and put into domestic violence to why it happens, how can we mm-hmm. end it, or if it ever will end, mm-hmm. and uh, especially when it affects you or affects somebody in your family, and uh, you know you, you and you get out there and you fight for it and you fight for it. But I mean, as we're sitting here chatting right now on the radio, uh, someone is being abused. Uh, yeah. Domestic violence is going on as we speak, and it, it's just awful. It, it, it's uh, and it's so it's interesting how everything links together because a lot of people don't understand any form of violence, um, domestic violence. It could be you know emotional, uh, physical, verbal. They don't understand the effect that it has on a child. Um, and so that's a real big deal because, of course, then you create this culture of these people that feel like they couldn't even be protected in their own household. So that's going to come with yeah. PTSD and the lack of not being able to control your environment to where you just eventually, if you're not surrounded by the right people, it's like I'll just keep doing what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know if I buy the, buy the fact that if, if you're uh... – if you are, if you've, uh, if you grew up with domestic violence, uh, which in some cases I have, uh, it's, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it, it follows you kind of, and uh, it's just, I don't know, it's just one of those things that I, I, I've been a pet peeve is trying to help to try to solve and to end, but you know, it, it has mm-hmm. to start with the person who's being victimized. So. 
Right, and it does, um, and it's so it's so much deeper than when you get to the the, the physical mm-hmm. part or the behavior of it. It's because mm-hmm. um, we're taught that it's not necessarily as bad. You know, um, I know from my standpoint, yeah. I was raised. It's like you're, you know, you find a husband, you don't know that this person is gonna um, abuse you, and vice versa. Some men get in relationships. And so then it's more like, let me just save face because at least I have this person by my side when we're taught all wrong and that's not right. Like, no matter okay. what, you should not be being abused <clears throat> in any way. But that's just my perspective no. as a black woman. Um, yeah. What know, made you want to become an activist? I've, I, it's, it's crazy because I'm like I think I've been an activist my whole life. I've always been standing up for people. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I was the oldest of ten. Like it's just kind of yeah. just inbred in me. I'm naturally a leader, and I'm naturally going for the people <laughs> that don't have. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, I didn't know this right. until later. Now that's my whole point. <laughs> okay. I didn't know this when I was younger. Uh-huh. Now I do know. You know, yeah. so I just thought people was mm-hmm. flocking to me because they, you know, but. I understand that I do hold a certain kind of <clears throat> insight to things because I'm not, yeah. for me, I'm not really attached to um, what typical people think. So it's easier for people to come to me. And so being an activist has allowed me to have people come to me that can't speak for themselves. And that's what I do. Yeah. I speak for them and for myself. Yeah, that brings me to say this. A lot of people are looking for leadership. A lot of people are looking for uh, people like you, people like me, that's going to uh, 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 do the things and say the things that they cannot say. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I chose chose to be an activist, because I want to help people, I want to inspire people, I want to get people uh, uh, to care about themselves, care about their lives, to care about their country, to care about, you know, uh, the political environment, uh, Get them to say things. Right. Get them to get them to get up and be motivated. Show them that they have. And the that's power not an easy these... thing. Mm-hmm. It is not. <laughs> it really is not. It's not. But... Because they don't believe they have it. I mean, you got to look at what right. they've been used to, and then what they see every day. Yeah. They don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only going to be certain people like you and I um, that are going to be like, you know what? I already know what the opposite of this is, and this is not what I want. So I'm just going to go this direction, and you want people to follow you. And that's basically all this, because what we're doing is right. It's not like it's against anyone. It's like it's literally just being. We just want to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and (laughs) as an activist, we're out there to try to help people who – who basically don't have a voice of their own or think they don't have a voice. Uh, you have to exactly. try to get people to, instead of looking for leaders, you have to try to get people to be their own leaders. And uh, oh, I mean, there God. are so many people out you here. Just said a mouthful. Uh, so many people out here are followers. They're not leaders. Yeah. They're followers. And you know that's you know that's because if you didn't fall in a certain category, you you naturally. You know, it's like, okay, well, you didn't fall in these categories, so you can't be a leader. When that was never the choice. You was a leader when mm-hmm. you were born, but they don't teach you that. Yeah, you have leadership qualities, but if you don't use you, them, you are you don't. created, right. If you, if you don't <laughs> use them, are you around people that play them down? You're not, yeah. I mean, but I'm like I said, it's normal. It's normal that I see yeah. that because it's kind of hard. I mean, when you sit here and think about it, like, man, we have been taught so many lies um, so when you see people that feel like they can't be a leader, I totally understand that mindset. 
because yeah. you're taught to be led. You're taught to right, go get right. this job and somebody teach you how to do this and show. You're, you're not thinking, damn, be... what did God already give me? Yeah. You're, you're taught to yeah. be controlled. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, and, so many and that's people why people don't speak them... up. And that's why people yeah, don't speak there's up. There's so many people letting themselves be controlled. And I don't understand that. Why would you yeah. want someone to control your life? You know, and then it's fear because then they don't feel like they can me. control their own. Right, and then walk up to me and try to tell me, tell me what's right and what's wrong, when you yeah. are being controlled by some somebody or some cult oh, or God. something. Yeah, exactly. Not by your own will. Now, if you say right. I want to do this because I say so and I feel like it, I'm good. But when you say, <laughs> oh well, this says this and. They yeah. said, then I have a problem because you need to follow yeah. who you are. Because at the end of the day, all you have is you. And it took, like I said, it yeah. took me a while yeah. to realize that because we're not taught that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think the world needs activists, and I think a lot of people out oh, here, oh yeah, uh, you can't uh, have are looking. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I a lot of people are themselves are looking for activists. As I say, a lot of people are followers, and they're looking for leaders. They're looking for someone to fight their battles. You know, because. Right. You know, in some and, cases, they don't know, want to fight their own. Right. And, you yeah, know, people, at the end of the day, they're going to have to stand up yeah. somewhat. Like, even with the women that I work with, yeah. if there's something that they come to me about where they feel like they're being discriminated, I'm like, okay, but you're still going to have to stand up. I can't do it for you. Right. But I will exactly. be there by your side. Yeah. Yeah. But Teach even to... that's scary, depending on who you're dealing with, you know. <laughs> They're scared of what can happen to them and a paycheck, and it's like you're only making nine dollars an hour. This yeah. is not worth your sanity, you right. know. But their mind, they're to conditioned paycheck. to think that's important. Yeah, yeah. Living paycheck to paycheck, and somebody that don't appreciate you that you, if you got too sick, they gonna let you go. But that's because right. we're taught you can make that money by yourself. But they don't teach us that. Right. So that's a lot of things. That, there's a lot of things they're not going to tell us because they don't want us to know. They don't want us to know the exactly. the the, uh, the easy part the, uh, of going a, a, around to do something. And uh, yeah. uh, Blue Girl, it's, have you written a book? <laughs> Are you going to write oh, about yeah, this? Yeah, have yeah. You, you wrote a book? Yes, actually. Okay, yes, I have. So it. what I did, <laughs> look. So what I did was, okay, so Blue Girl turned gold. I'm just one of those people that I'm creative. So... I was like, yeah. okay, it would be nice if I can get other women to share. Now, the first book really was, I thought it was going to be much harder to feel, but I was like, you know, women, if there's anybody out there, women or men, that just want to tell us a story about how they went from not knowing how great they are to knowing how great they are, give me a story. So we had a very, very good response, which I was surprised because it is very hard to talk about um, traumas and generational curses that people are feeling in their family and their relationships and their home life and things like that. So it's funny because Blue Girl Turn Go Volume 1 is titled um, Experiences Shape Who You Are, But They Do Not Dictate Who You who you Become. So yeah. the the basis of that is just to let people know, look, we're all in the same world. We have been told that there's this <laughs> this upper echelon or these these places that you can't get to, and that's a lie. You just have to tap into your own power, and we're not taught how to do that. So just to be able to see these people transform and go from blue to gold is what it is, is pretty awesome because 
in them learning themselves, they're able to prosper. Like they're going to start their own businesses and they're looking past, I need to go work for somebody $12 an hour. Let me see how I can pay myself $12 an hour. You know, they didn't mm-hmm. teach us that we can be self-sufficient because that's the type of people we are. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can actually yeah, build our own communities, like literally. Yeah, I've so, been I've been uh, saying on this show for a few years now that it's better to work for yourself than to work for someone else. Man. Because all you're doing is Even making them richer. Yeah. Yeah. You have, I mean, I was sitting there thinking and I was trying to tell my son, um, you know, I've been working since I was 14 on somebody else's dream. Right. You know, so for, if I can do it from the age of 14 to the age of what, two years ago, I was working yeah. and trying to make somebody else's dream work. I would say, let me give myself a year, a year and a half and see what I can do. And I've made strides and that's how I know we're yeah, capable. Exactly. And that's what I want to talk into other people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, work for yourself. Stop working for someone else. Stop working at a job you hate, even if, even if you love it. Stop. And uh, a lot of people can't do it. We know that. A lot of people can't really get out there on their own and, and, and run a business. Uh, I don't right. see why, but a lot of people can't do it, and they won't right. do it. But if, you, if, you, right. if you're working at a job, put some money aside. You know, and, uh, and for maybe five or ten years later on down the road, open yeah. up your own place. You know, but you know they don't want to wait that long. Boss. They think everything is like right now. It's like no, this well, took me several. It's been two, fifteen, twenty. It's some years, but yeah. I tell you, I feel totally liberated being an activist yeah. versus falling into somebody's textbook that they're not even following. And that's <laughs> what I had a problem with. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah. don't give me the list of rules and you not following the rules. I have a problem with that. Exactly. Exactly. So what's what's the name of your books? It's called Blue. Uh, so my first book was called Poetration. I po- I published that, self-published that in 2006. And that's just poetry okay. and short stories that I worked, you know, that I wrote since I was a teenager. But then okay. Blue Girl Turned Gold is an anthology. Volume one um, has nine authors in it. So like I said, we have regular people that are a part of this organization that are sharing and healing and empowering wow. others and creating their own businesses. Like, that's what I'm trying to create. Like, this is not just, yeah. oh, I got an organization. No, this is a lifestyle. And what we're trying to build is more entrepreneurs, more people that are building their communities because we are so gifted that it's like we'll go work for somebody else for 20 years, and it's like you could have been doing this on your own and been making three times as much in a month, but nobody gave yeah. you the tools. So let me plug you yeah. into those tools because you already have the skills. So just trying to build more communities of financially stable so we can leave property, so we can leave businesses. That's my goal. You know what? we're not going to be here forever. Yeah. What you should do is start writing uh, writing about what you just got through talking about, putting that stuff down uh, in a book so people can read it. I mean, I mean because yeah. you're showing them how, how they can better themselves how they can step make something of themselves instead of just working for someone else for the rest of their life to, uh, to uh, go out yeah. and work for yourself. Because when I started working for myself, I felt vindicated. I felt, mm. wow, I don't have a super supervisor you or a manager <laughs> micromanaging me. So you, you walking know? around like a grown person, huh? Oh, yeah, I mean, a grown you, you person. feel good. You feel good <laughs> uh, that you can work your own hours, work when you want to. Yep. You 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 don't have to worry about employees running back telling the boss something. Oh my God! 
And it's so, but the funny <laughs> part is, like, you could work less on your own and get more done than working in somebody else's chaos. Exactly. I don't even exactly. have to work as much. Like, I work hard, but I don't have to work as hard as living in somebody else's bubble. And, you know, <laughs> like you said, them dang employees, boy. Whew. Dealing with yeah, all Yeah, I know. I've been around them. Believe I've been me, doing it so long. Yeah, I'm like, I've been doing this for so long. I was in the military. I mean, I got nine brothers and yeah. sisters. Then I was yeah. managing in three practices. Like, it's just, I'm an introvert, so it's like, this is too much for me. So let yeah, me but, see, uh, my creative skills are this, this, and this. So let me tap into that. Yeah. Yeah, so, but don't forget to write a book about all of this stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, I know you porch, you know, you short stories and all that kind of book. stuff. Uh, yeah. Write a book about what you do and all of this stuff. Put it down and, and self-publish it like you've done your other material. Yeah, it's easy. and I will. You know, because, I appreciate that. Yeah, and that's the yeah. funny part because it's like it seems easy. I'm like, let me give it to somebody else and just plast the, pay, the playbook down, and that's what we need, playbooks. Yeah, just just write it and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and uh, let everybody know it's there and people will come by and uh, – Pick yeah. it up and read it. You know, I mean, I'll read yeah. it. I mean, I'm a, I'm I'm a yeah. an avid reader because I'm also a writer, yes. uh, but an avid. And uh, you know, yeah, write, uh, get your book on that. You know, on, on all of this stuff, yeah. and uh, um, watch people gravitate to your page and and download it or whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, because that's what I was hey, thinking um, doing it. You know, uh, KDP, they're doing a little merge, so I was like, maybe I'll just do an ebook. Yeah. Yeah, do an ebook, so. you know, simple ebook, because that's what's going on anyway, you know, ebooks. But yes, uh, taking over, you know. So yeah, it's taking over. It has taken over. Um, hey, uh, tell us, tell us where we can go find your books. Tell us, give us a website where we can get in touch with you oh, and all oh. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you guys can find us at bluegirlsturngold.org. We're on Instagram mm-hmm. at bluegirlsturngold. Uh, Twitter is Blue Turn Gold because somebody snatched Blue Girls Turn Gold. I don't know who. <laughs> and uh, we also have <laughs> some items on Etsy. Uh, and this organization is funded directly from donations, my money, and these things that I create. So on Etsy, we have journals. Yeah. We have um, a Kiki, uh, Kiki Loves Me workbook for the youth, um, T-shirts, just things to bring money in so I can keep empowering us. Yeah, and I want to say lots of success. It sounds like you guys are going to be uh, out there doing it, and lots of success, lots of good luck. And, you know, you can always come back on the George Wanda Jr. Show to talk about it and, and you know, promote Ooh, it awesome. and get it out there and get it out there. Yeah, I mean, it's all about it. We're both yeah, activists. So. Yes, and we got to <laughs> share. The thing is, it's enough for everybody. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. It's not going to go in drought, I promise you. So All right, uh, um. Thank you. All right, thanks for being on the show and give this uh, show a like on the on the on the front page. I definitely will. You have a good evening. I'll, you too, and I hope to hear from you again. Blue girl on blue girl activist on the George Wilder Jr. show. Thanks for thank thanks for being a part of it. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, the George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air so everybody that was a great great interview we'll be right back the george wilder jr show is now on the air
George Wilder Jr. is right back on the air. We want to thank Blue Girl and hope maybe she comes back on the show. And it was fun. That was fun. That was very, very fun. We're going to do this right now. See if we... <laughs> All right. <coughs> okay. Okay, we'll do this. We'll be right back. Just when you thought that the Republican Party couldn't get any more ridiculous, we now have to deal with the fact that Republican politicians are both terrified and confused about what to do with the ongoing fight between Donald Trump and the Koch brothers. Yesterday, the RNC, the Republican National Committee, actually told other Republican Party donors to not associate with the Koch brothers because of how nasty they're being to Donald Trump. And if you're not familiar with it, the Koch brothers held their annual retreat last weekend where they said, oh, Donald Trump is very divisive and we don't like his spending policies. That might be one of the nicest criticisms of the president I think I've ever heard. But it set off a nerve with Donald Trump. He got on Twitter, started attacking them as ineffective, nice guys, but bad policies, he says. And now it's created... All right, folks, this is just came across the desk. Trump nixes, nixes, N-I-X-E-S. Well, this guy. Federal pay raises. That means that federal workers will not get any raises. He, President Trump on Thursday announced that he will cancel a scheduled 2.1% across the board pay increase for federal workers as well as locality pay increases in light of the national fiscal situation federal employee pay must be uh, performance based and aligned with uh, uh, toward recruiting retaining and rewarding high performing uh, federal employee this asshole 
he is cut out <sighs> federal workers. He's been trying Trump has been trying to nail federal workers for a long time. Uh he tried to um he tried to find an easy way to fire federal workers, but a judge threw that out and said no. Now he's going after their pay. Federal workers, people who work for the government, who are not politicians, but that somehow they work for the federal government. Now he's going after their pay. How can how can people uh, stand by and let this guy do this? Trump needs to be dragged out of the White House. I mean, this guy is any anytime somebody is screwing around with your money, the money that you work for, the money that you earn, or the money that you this is just crazy. This guy, I mean, he's pulling something out of his ass all the time. He's going to cancel a 2.1% across the board pay increase for federal workers. Why is this man, and I've said this several times on the show, and I'm going to say it again. The guy has a war on workers. He has a war on federal workers. And it's just uh, phenomenal that it that it keeps that it, it just uh, goes on and on and on and on and on. This is crazy. This man has a war, not with Iran, not with Russia, not with any other country, but with the American public. The American public is uh, uh, Trump. Uh, the guy talks about war on the the enemy the press is the enemy of America Trump is the enemy of America he proves it every single day when something comes out of his ass this is just awful screwing around with federal workers he couldn't get he couldn't get a bill passed he couldn't get uh, a judge to sign off on him Firing federal workers, making it easy. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how crucial their jobs are. He just want to make sure that they can be fired. Now he, that failed. Now he's fucking with their pay. And he's doing all of this two and a half months before the midterms, which I think is going to be more detrimental to this guy than anything. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 mind-boggling, folks. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the 12 people. I think that's an incredible offer. Donald Trump shocked even his harshest critics with his submission to Vladimir Putin this week, likely including my next guest. And joining me now for your moment of Maxine, Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California. And Congresswoman, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So were you, I think much of the country was surprised to actually see Donald Trump in action with Vladimir Putin and how submissive he was in public. What did you make of what, what happened in Helsinki? 
Well, I'm not surprised at all. As a matter of fact, I have for months uh, been trying to tell the American public and everybody else that this president is dangerous, uh, that he's in bed with Putin. Uh, someone said he wants to be like him, whatever. He will never, never condemn him uh, because of the relationship that they have. This didn't just start. This started a long time uh, before he was ever elected. Don't forget. This president cannot borrow money in the United States from any bank. This president is looking at Russia for his new money financial playground. He and all of his allies that I have told you are the Kremlin clan, uh, have been involved with Russia. When you name them and you think about them, why is it Manafort, Flynn, Wilbur Ross, Carter Page, Papadopoulos, all of his allies have connections with Russia, the Kremlin, and the oligarchs. This has been going on because this is their new money playground uh, that they want to develop. And the centerpiece of this is lifting the sanctions. I would wish people would focus on the sanctions. I think that's the agreement uh, that Putin had with this president in order to help him get elected. This president, I believe, has promised him that once he was elected, he would get those sanctions lifted. And you're going to watch. He's going to continue to try because Putin is saying to him, when is it going to happen? So he has a private meeting with him. We know what they talked about. I think I know what they talked about. They talked about lifting the sanctions. They talked about the upcoming elections. Uh, they talked about uh, all of the things that they could not talk about uh, in an email or on the phone. He had to go and meet with him in private so that he could talk about what he's going to do to follow through with I, what I believe is his commitment to get those sanctions lifted. Don't forget, when Tillerson was there, Tillerson was there to help get the sanctions lifted. He just couldn't put up with this president. He found this president to be so outrageous uh, that he ended up leaving, but he came to be a part of helping to get these sanctions lifted. It's worth trillions of dollars. Everybody will make some money if he can get this done. Right now, Putin's hands are tied. He cannot get the equipment or the supplies that he needs to do the work because our allies are cooperating with us. So I'm not surprised about what happened in Helsinki. I'm not surprised about the private meeting. I'm not surprised about this president standing up for Putin. As a matter of fact, I think he is Putin's apprentice. He's wow. been under his toolage for a long time now, and he intends to get it done. And the American people are sitting idly by. And the Republican Party should be ashamed uh, that they're allowing this to happen. Uh, they have no guts. They have no courage. They're not standing up for America. I dare them to talk about how patriotic they are, uh, given of what they're allowing this president to do. Now they're all going to send out press releases saying, oh, we don't want you to invite Putin. Well, he's going to invite him unless the Congress of the United States and the Republicans really take some serious action. How many of the Republicans are saying, I won't come to the White House? I'm going to be outside demonstrating. How many of them saying, don't invite me to any dinner? You better not have a state dinner. How many are saying that they're just saying you shouldn't and we don't want you to do it? But I want to tell you, if they don't take strong action, to keep him from bringing him here, he's going to bring him here. And that will be another, another straw 
in his hat that he can point to and say, see, Mr. Putin, I'm moving this forward, what we talked about, what we're going to do. I'm going to get this done. And forget about what he did uh, with North Korea. Yeah. Uh, that's just a, an effort to say that I'm doing this with both countries. And that's just an effort to say that, see, I'm trying to create peace and relationships in different ways. But the fact of the matter is his focus is on Russia and lifting those sanctions.
the list of commandments was deliberately and artificially inflated to get it up to 10. It's a padded list. Here's what they did. About 5,000 years ago, a bunch of religious and political hustlers got together to try to figure out how to control people, how to keep them in line. They knew people were basically stupid and would believe anything they were told, so they announced that God had given them some commandments. Up on a mountain, when no one was around, God had given them the Ten Commandments. But let me ask you this. When they were sitting around making this shit up, why did they pick ten? Why ten? Why not nine or eleven? I'll tell you why. Because ten sounds official. Ten sounds important. They knew if it was eleven, people wouldn't take it seriously. Say, what, are you kidding me? The eleven commandments? Get the fuck out of here. But ten... Ten sounds important. Ten is the basis for the decimal system. It's a decade. It's a psychologically satisfying number. The top ten, the ten most wanted, the ten best dressed. So having ten commandments was really a marketing decision. <laughs> and to me, it's clearly a bullshit list. It's a political document artificially inflated to sell better. I'm going to show you how you could reduce the number of commandments and come up with a list that's a little more workable and logical. We're going to start with the first three, and I'll use the Roman Catholic version because those are the ones I was taught as a little boy. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not have strange gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt keep holy the Sabbath. Right off the bat, the first three, pure bullshit. <laughs> Sabbath... Sabbath day, Lord's name, strange gods. Spooky language. <laughs> Spooky language. Designed to scare and control primitive people. In no way does superstitious nonsense like this apply to the lives of intelligent, civilized humans in the 21st century. You throw out the first three commandments, whoosh, you're down to seven. Next, honor thy father and mother. Obedience, respect for authority just another name for controlling people. The truth is, obedience and respect should not be automatic. They should be earned. They should be based on the parent's performance. <laughs> parent's performance. Right? Some, some parents deserve respect. Most of them don't. Period. <laughs> You're down to six. Now, in the interest of logic, something religion is very uncomfortable with, we're going to jump around the list a little bit. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Stealing and lying. Well, actually, these two both prohibit the same kind of behavior. Dishonesty, stealing, and lying. So you don't need two of them. Instead, you combine them and you call it, thou shalt not be dishonest. And suddenly, you're down to five. And as long as we're combining, I have two others that belong together. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Once again, these two prohibit the same kind of behavior, in this case, marital infidelity. The difference is coveting takes place in the mind, and I don't think you should outlaw fantasizing about someone else's wife. Otherwise, what's a guy going to think about when he's waxing his carrot? <laughs> but, but marital fidelity is a good idea, so we're going to keep the idea and call this one, thou shalt not be unfaithful. And suddenly, we're down to four. 
But when you think about it, honesty and fidelity are really part of the same overall value. So in truth, you could combine the two honesty commandments with the two fidelity commandments and give them simpler language, positive language instead of negative, and call the whole thing, thou shalt always be honest and faithful, and we're down to three. Thou shalt, thou shalt, they're going away, they're going away fast. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. This one is just plain fucking stupid. <laughs> Coveting your neighbor's goods is what keeps the economy going. <laughs> Am I right? Your neighbor gets a vibrator that plays Oh Come All Ye Faithful. You want to get one too. Coveting creates jobs. Leave it alone. You throw out coveting, and you're down to two now. The big honesty and fidelity commandment, and the one we haven't talked about yet, thou shalt not kill. Murder. The fifth commandment. But when you think about it, <laughs> when you think about it, religion has never really had a big problem with murder. Not really. More people have been killed in the name of God than for any other reason. All you have to do... Sure. Uh-huh. All you have to do is look at Northern Ireland, the Middle East, Kashmir, the Inquisition, the Crusades, and the World Trade Center to see how seriously the religious folks take thou shalt not kill. The more devout they are, the more they see murder as being negotiable. It's negotiable. You know? It depends. It depends. It depends on who's doing the killing and who's getting killed. So, with all of this in mind, I leave you with my revised list of the two commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt always be honest and faithful to the provider of thy nookie. <laughs> and thou shalt try real hard not to kill anyone. Unless, of course, they pray to a different invisible man from the one you pray to. <laughs> two is all you need. Moses could have carried him down the hill in his fucking pocket. And if they had a list like that, I wouldn't mind those folks in Alabama putting it up on the courthouse wall. As long as they included one additional commandment, thou shalt keep thy religion to thyself. Department. In the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the Invisible Man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He loves you, and he needs money. <laughs> he always needs money. 
He's all-powerful, all-perfect, all-knowing, and all-wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Thank you very much. But I want you to know, I want you to know something. This is sincere. I want you to know, when it comes to believing in God, I really tried. I really, really tried. I tried to believe that there is a God who created each of us in his own image and likeness, loves us very much, and keeps a close eye on things. I really tried to believe that, but I've got to tell you, the longer you live, the more you look around, the more you realize something is fucked up. Something is wrong here. War, disease, death, destruction, hunger, filth, poverty, torture, crime, corruption, and the ice capades. <laughs> Something is definitely wrong. This is not good work. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Results like these do not belong on the resume of a supreme being. This is the kind of shit you'd expect from an office temp with a bad attitude. <laughs> it's just between you and me, in between you and me, in any decently run universe, this guy would have been out on his all-powerful ass a long time ago. And by the way, I say this guy because I firmly believe, looking at these results, that if there is a God, it has to be a man. No woman could or would ever fuck things up like this. So, so, if, if, if there is a God, if there is, I think most reasonable people might agree that he's at least incompetent and maybe, just maybe, doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit, which I admire in a person and which would explain a lot of these bad results. So rather than be just another mindless religious robot, mindlessly and, and aimlessly and blindly believing that all of this is in the hands of some spooky incompetent father figure who doesn't give a shit, I decided to look around for something else to worship. Something I could really count on. And immediately, I thought of the sun. Happened like that. Overnight, I became a sun worshiper. Well, not overnight, you can't see the sun at night. But first thing the next morning, I became a sun worshiper. Several reasons. First of all, I can see the sun. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Unlike some other gods I could mention, I can actually see the sun. I'm big. Freedom. George Carlin. This is what I call freedom. Where?
He can be sued. You don't get your raise uh, uh, when you're supposed to get it or it was promised to you in your union contract. You can sue this jackass. There's so many suits out there after after this man. It's a shame. Donald Trump is on his way out, so he has to break the bank before he goes. He has to ruin uh, uh, everything that he can before he goes to jail. And he is going. Whether he goes while he's a sitting president or whether he goes once he is a private citizen. Because if when he becomes a private citizen, the indictments are going to be rolling his way. The lawsuits are going to be rolling his way. He's not going to resign because he knows if he resigns, uh, he's going to be probably hauled off to prison. By Donald Trump staying president and being president and staying in the White House and in office, that, that particular job of being president is saving his ass because the Justice Department has some sort of guidelines of saying that you can't indict a sitting president. And I'm pretty sure Mueller is not going to bring up uh, any indictments or subpoenas against this guy uh, two and a half months into the um, midterm election. So it may be, but I'm hearing that Mueller is uh, working quickly and diligently to get this thing done. Okay, so. We may hear something before the midterm elections and then we may not. No one knows for sure. No one knows for sure. But I'm hoping we hear something before the midterm election that this guy is out of office. He is so pathetic. And and the thing is, you have Republicans complaining about this man, complaining, but they will not do anything. They have the power to circumvent this guy. They have the power to cut off his uh power to cut off his executive orders to overturn whatever he's done but they won't do it because they're too afraid of him donald trump you you screw with donald trump you may lose the election you screw with donald trump you're going to lose the election anyway so uh, i'm really pissed off at this uh that he is fucking with fucking with federal workers which is not which is bad and and I'll say this again, American people ought to rise up. I mean, they ought to rise up and throw this man out literally on his ass. He's after Americans. He's not going after other countries. He's he's coming after the people of this country and he's the president. How can how can a president screw over his own people? But Donald Trump is doing it and he doesn't mind doing it. As I've said before, this man is going down, and he's taking as much, and he's destroying America on the way. He's going down, and he's destroying America as he's doing it. He's intentionally destroying America because he knows he's out. He knows he can't borrow money from any bank. Donald Trump couldn't borrow two cents, and he's pissed off about that. I'm the president, and I can't borrow money. The man is after American. I can barely speak. I'm so mad and so pissed off that he is messing with federal workers and their pay and their jobs. This is just awful. 
this is just totally awful. And some of those federal workers probably are Republicans. Maybe some of them, it's possible, possible that some of them voted for him. But Donald Trump, Donald Trump doesn't give a damn. Federal worker is a federal worker. Republican, independent, uh, Democrat, he's going to stop your pay, or he's trying to stop your pay raises, messing with your money, the money that you work for, the money that you slave to earn. Donald Trump is trying to nix that or want to try to nix that. I mean, this guy goes from one extreme to the next. First, it was Google, fucking with Google. Then it was um, messing with Amazon. And then threatening Facebook users over uh, criticizing him. Then uh, taking away security clearances. It's all, it's all an, a distraction with Donald Trump. It's all about him getting attention. Now, I'm, I'm seeing this big old picture uh, almost filling up my computer screen here of Donald Trump. This is what Donald Trump wants. He wants attention. He wants you to uh, uh, stand and, and and pay attention to what he's doing. And if he and if he's messing with your money, he knows you're gonna pay attention. He knows you're not gonna uh, turn him off when he comes on your television set because he is going into your pockets. He wants to ruin you. He wants to see you dead. He doesn't give a damn. John McCain, John McCain, he feels that John McCain has gotten too much publicity, too much television time, too much time in the spotlight, even though John McCain is dead. Donald Trump doesn't like that. So Donald Trump is saying all kinds of shit, doing all kinds of stuff to Americans to try to get Americans to pay attention to him. This is what it is about. It's, this is what this is, saying stuff to get the spotlight on him. Even if he doesn't mean it, even if he's not going to do it, but by him just saying it and mentioning it, it's going to make you stand up and take uh, and pay attention, especially if you are a federal worker, activist or anybody. So this is just horrible. Or anyway, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We're just about off the air, folks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just crazy. Uh, vote, vote blue. I can hardly say it. And I want to thank my guest, Blue Girl, <laughs> for being on the show. She's an activist. She was very, very fun, a uh, fun person. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, 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 she does well in her life, you know, and everything. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We will be back next week with hopefully a uh, slew of guests. If not, then it, you got me. <laughs> You've got me. Uh, all right. I want everybody to have a great weekend. Have a great evening. Have a great morning. Have a great afternoon. Uh, wherever you might find yourself listening to this show, whatever time of the day or night, you have a good one, everybody. And stay safe over the weekend. Uh, vote blue. Vote blue. Vote often. Uh Bring everybody you know to the polls. If you know people who are not aren't aren't registered, get them registered. Get them to the polls. We there has to be a blowout. We just cannot take back the House of Representatives. We must take back Senate. 
the Senate. We must take back Congress. Donald Trump is totally, totally, totally unfit, unlikable. You know, and he injects racism uh, into everything. And he thinks people are so stupid that they're going to buy it. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Join me all next week. It should be fun, 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 fun. (laughs) Fun, 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 fun. All right, goodbye, everybody. Have a good one. Stay safe out there.